Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're going to Acts 15 today, and um, in fact, I'm going to read a number of passages of Scripture. Um, and I just want the word, not, I'm, I'm not only going to read the Bible, but the word speaks. The Bible is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The words of God, I should say, are living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And God's put his word in a book. So that's how God speaks to us. Acts chapter 15 from verse 12. Then all the um, multitude kept silent as Paul and as Barnabas were declaring the miracles and the signs, the wonders that God had worked among them, through them among the Gentiles. If you read this in context, there's this whole thing going on. Can Gentiles be saved? Well, that's that sort of going a little bit further back. But then it's like, okay, well, they can be saved. But do they have to become Jewish in their experience? So do they need to eat kosher? Do they need to dress a certain way? Do they need to do it, you know, under the law, really? The culture of Israel, do we impose that on them? So Paul and Barnabas are in the middle of all of this and they're dealing with this. And they've got all the church together, the elders are all there and they're not arguing, but they're going through trying to to make a way forwards. How many of you know, sometimes there are things you need to, to grapple with to get the mind of God on something. Now we have an advantage now, we've got the book. So we can just read and it's all there. Anything God wants us to be interested in is in the book. If it's not in the book, just put your mind on something else. So they're dealing with this about the Gentiles and what. Look, God's done this through us in the context of Gentiles. Gentiles getting saved? Gentiles coming to Christ? Really? Some people really struggle with that. And after that, they became silent. And James answered saying, listen to me. Men and brothers, listen to me. Give me your attention. Simon has declared how God at first came to the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So he took the Jews out of the the people that don't know God. Abraham was the first one, the father of the faith. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, as it is written, after this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins. I will set it up so that, in order that, for the purpose of, The rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. His final word to this huge issue, the final word on the subject. And you've got to understand that to the people of Israel, the Gentiles were dogs. 
outside of the covenants. God loves us, God hates them. That was their thinking. We are the special people of God. So this was a big deal for them to wrestle with. That God was saying, and I love everybody else too. (laughs) Aren't you glad that He loves everybody else too? Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. But the final word was simply this. I will rebuild the tabernacle of David that everybody can get saved. Today I want to talk about, speak on the priority of praise. The priority of praise. Can we all say that? The priority of praise. Now there is theological debate as to what is being referred to here, originally from Amos and then quoted here in Acts about the tabernacle of David. I'm not going to get into a theological debate here today. But I do want us to grasp one aspect I believe the main aspect, but let's say one aspect of what this is speaking about. I believe that if a church is going to impact the world and not just be gathered and have their little Sunday event, but we're actually going to make a difference in the world, turn our world upside down, can I use the expression an apostolic responsibility? What is our apostolic responsibility as the body of Christ here at Citygate? It's to bring in the kingdom rule and reign of Almighty God into a fallen world. Yeah, is that that okay? Is, Is that too deep to say? Jesus said, go out and preach the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom forcefully advances. Your kingdom come. It's about kingdom rule, kingdom reign, kingdom values, kingdom principles. It's what a church is called to be, the kingdom of God in expression in a fallen world. We're not trying to make the world the kingdom of God. We're saying, no, get saved out of the world, come into the kingdom of God. Come into the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. This is how we do life in the kingdom. This is how we talk in the kingdom. This is how we do marriage in the kingdom. This is how we raise kids in the kingdom. This is how we live in the kingdom. The kingdom and the world are poles apart. We're not trying to make the world the kingdom. We're trying to get people out of the world into the kingdom. And it's very clear here that the way the Gentiles are going to get saved is by Almighty God Himself returning and rebuilding the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David. There is something about praise and worship which brings in kingdom rule. It's not just a song time. It's not just a happy time. The tabernacle of David, as we're going to find out, was something that was established by David and built by David for one purpose only, and that was to worship, praise Almighty God. That was it. It was a tent that was erected for the purpose of praise and worship. That was it. 
And it was almost, it was this sort of temporary thing because the ark had gone to the house of Obed-Edom and all the time it was there, Obed-Edom was blessed, blessed, blessed. But the ark had to come back to Jerusalem. The ark in the Old Testament was the throne. It was where God lived. It was, it was where the blood was splattered. It was where God breathed from in the nation. The Ark of the Covenant. When they walked through the water, the Ark, the Ark went in, into the Promised Land first. The Ark, the Ark, the Ark. And for the Ark to come back to where it needed to be, for the kingdom rule and reign of God in Israel to come back to where it needed to be, for the power of God and the presence of God and the, and the focus of God to be back where it was. David said, we're gonna do this the right way. We did it the wrong way once, we're gonna do it the right way. We're gonna build a special tent. Not the tabernacle that was in the desert before the temple and the tabernacle going around the wilderness. Not that, this was just a tent that David said, we're bringing the ark back. How many of you know we need the ark back in our society? We need the ark back in our government. We need the ark back in our education. We need the ark back in our media. We need the ark of God back in our, in our healthcare. We need the ark back in our society. We need the ark back in London. We need the ark back in the world today. And God said, I mean, it's as if this was a little temporary thing. Let's build this, this little tent it was temporary, but it was important. It was a priority for David. And he said, let's build this tent to house the ark because God's coming back. And then from that point, he then went on to prepare the temple and his son Solomon, he, he had the honour of establishing the temple. Isaiah 42 says, really says this, a new move comes from a new song. God's doing something new. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song. How many times is that in the Bible? Sing a new song. Doesn't just mean a new song like we sang this morning. It means a, a new song. Let it be fresh, let it be alive. What God is doing today what God has spoken today. A new song in your heart, a new song, not an old one. A new song, not a tired one, not a weary one. But a new song is fresh and alive and full of life and full of energy and full of joy and full of abandonment to God and full of revelation. A new song is, this means something to me today. I'm not just singing I'm forgiven, but I don't feel it. I'm singing I'm forgiven and I'm excited about the fact that I'm forgiven. I'm singing for God is great. And it's not just because we've just sung it a few times. It's because I know that my God is great and greatly to be praised. It's a new song. It's a fresh river. It's a revelation. It's a lifestyle. It's not religious. It's revelation. It's not tradition. It's alive. It's a fresh song with a fresh spirit. 
God says, I'm breathing and I'm moving and I'm gonna give birth to something in a generation. And then he says, for that to happen, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. I believe with all of my heart, apostolic churches must be a place of high praise. High praise. Oh, that's just a bit of emotionalism, Pastor Jay. It's nothing to do with emotionalism. It's everything to do with revelation. That our God is great. High praises. Deep Intimate worship, great celebration, awesome reverence, humble honouring, explosive warfare. All I use this word, but I don't mean in a bad way. All in their extremes. The most humble honouring. The highest praise. The most abandoned, intimate worship. If it can go any further, it needs to. If it can be any higher, it needs to. If it can be more victorious, it needs to. We're to be a people completely consumed with loving, worshipping and praising our God. Why? Because that is what God said He was going to use to see the Gentiles come to Christ. Worshipping churches. Praising churches, churches, shouting churches, dancing churches, clapping churches, kneeling churches. Churches where the ark of God is the focal point. Not the feelings of the people, not the traditions of a culture. The ark of God. Where a church allows God, because we work with Him. We don't give God permission in that sense. We just align ourselves with Him. But where a church allows God to rebuild the tabernacle of David, the results will be glory. The results will be supernatural power. And the results will be a harvest of souls. The priority of praise. The priority of praise. 1 Chronicles 15. So David built houses for himself in the city of David and he prepared a place for the ark of God. He pitched a tent for it, the tabernacle of David. Then David said, no one may carry the ark of God but the Levites and the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister 
praise and worship before him forever. And David gathered all of Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to the place which he had prepared for it. If you don't prepare for it, it's not gonna happen. Praise, praise demands preparation. It's a priority. We praise God from a prepared heart. We're prepared to praise God. Chapter 16, this is excerpts of this passage. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle of David. I'm just going through. So if you're following in the Bible, I'm doing 42 verses in about eight verses. So just quickly. And and then he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate, to thank and appraise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief, and next to him the Levites with stringed instruments, harps, but Asaph made his music with the cymbals. The priests, they blew the trumpets regularly before the ark of the covenant of God. So he left Asaph and the brothers there before the ark of the covenant of the Lord to minister before the ark regularly as every day's work required to offer burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of burnt offerings regularly morning and evening and to do all that is written according to all that is written in the law of the Lord which he commanded Israel and with them Heman and then with him Jeduthun and the rest who were chosen who were all appointed by name to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endures forever and with them Heman and Jeduthun to sound aloud the trumpets, the cymbals, the instruments of God. Now the sons of Jeduthun were the gatekeepers. 2 Chronicles 25, moreover, David and the captains of the army, they separated for the service some of the sons of Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, who should prophesy with harps, stringed instruments and cymbals. And the number of the skilled men performing their service was, and then he goes through it, then Asaph, who prophesied according to the order of the king, Jeduthun, who prophesied with the harp to give thanks and praise the Lord, and of Heman, the king's personal prophet, the king's seer in the words of God to exalt David's horn. This is all about the tabernacle of David. Why do we praise God? Quite simply, for who God is and what God has done. That's why we praise Him. It's really very simple. We praise Him for who He is and what He has done. We don't praise Him because I'm happy. We don't praise Him because I feel something. We praise Him because who He is and what He has done. I've got a reason to praise Him. Any time of day or night, I've got a reason to praise Him. Oh, but I'm going through it now. Yeah, but He's done so much. But He's not done it now. Yeah, but He did it yesterday. (laughs) There's always a reason to praise. Don't you love the new song? Praise the Lord. Oh my soul. You know you've got to speak to yourself. Come on, feelings, stir yourself up. 
Stop being old, woe is me, pity party. And start to celebrate the goodness of God. There is a reason to praise God. Who He is and what He's done. What happens when we praise? So many things happen when we praise. God is enthroned in our praises. That come up? Boom. I'm not going to, I mean, this is a series in itself now. Psalm 22, the Lord is holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel, of His people. The ark of God comes in to the place of praise. Comes into the place of praise. What are we talking about? A church of high praise. I will say it and I'll keep saying it. Praise is not an attitude, it's an action. It's something you do, it's not just something you believe. Oh, I'm praising God. No, you're not. Well, I am on the inside. No, you're not. The word to praise, uh, come to Academy, you'll find out all about this. Every word for praise or rejoicing is a doing word. You cannot ever, ever, ever praise God in your heart. Impossible, not scriptural. You cannot praise God in your heart. You praise God from your heart. And what do you do in praise? Sing, shout, dance, clap, spin around, run, jump. They are all action words. That's like me saying, I'm running 100 meters. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. The word praise is a doing word. It's something you do. From an attitude of the heart, absolutely. But you cannot praise God in your heart. You praise God from your heart by doing something that the Bible says to do. And that enthrones God. God, His presence, God is enthroned in our praises. What else does praise do? Praise ushers in a new move of God. Can I hear an amen this morning? In fact, can we give God some praise right now? Is that okay? God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Mighty God, we praise. <laughs> yeah, God. You are a great God. You are a mighty God. Hallelujah. It ushers in. God's enthroned. It ushers in a new move of God. You need something new in your life, start praising God with a new song and something new will happen. What else does praise do? Oh, that's Isaiah 42, I'll do a new thing. Number three, praise brings the victory. (laughs) Can we give God some praise again in this place? Yes, God! Yes, God, we praise Your Name. Hallelujah. It brings the victory. Jehoshaphat. Hopeless situation. Three enemies. Three armies going to wipe them out. And God says, no problem. Watch this. He said, you're not going to have to fight. But actually, the praise was their weapon of warfare. 
I think we sang that in the song earlier. Was there a line about praise is a weapon? And you know what? When you start singing that, I don't know about you, something stirs. Devil, ha! Back off! Listen to this devil. Hallelujah! Somebody in a lift one day and somebody was cursing and cussing out. And this other guy just started going, Hallelujah, praise God. And everybody just shunned. They weren't upset at the cussing. He said, I just wanted to give Jesus equal time. Hallelujah. What happens when you praise God? You silence the enemy. You resist the enemy. He's already defeated, but in your situation, you defeat the enemy. What else does praise do? Praise unifies the church. It's really important. This whole thing of our worship praise is just between me and God. No, it's not. It's us and God. One voice, one heart, one shout, one dance. When some people shouted, the walls came down. (laughs) When some people bowed down, the fire of God fell in the temple. When some people prayed, the building shook in Acts chapter four and some of them were filled. No, the all is really important. It's really important. The all, one voice, one mind, one heart. And what happens where there's oneness? God commands the blessing. Oh, man. The commanded blessing of God. Nothing can withstand the commands of our God. When God says, blessed. Wow. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm blessed. (laughs) Devil, do you hear? God's commanded that I'm blessed. You got no hope. You got no weapon that can prosper against me because I'm blessed. And the commanded blessing in a church takes that church into a place of incredible authority. Signs and wonders that explode on the left and the right, all from the unity of praise. Can we give God some praise again here today? Yes, God. Hallelujah. God, we bless Your Name. Wonderful Saviour, Jesus Christ. We gotta get the band back up. We just have to. Come on, band. What else does praise do? Praise brings in the presence of Almighty God. I'm gonna be speaking from Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas just praised God and the glory of God came in. Just just understand this. The presence of God didn't break them out the presence, sorry, the praise and worship didn't break them out. The praise and worship brought God in. Right into the middle of your circumstance. Right into the middle of your situation. Praise brings in the presence of God. And what does the presence of God do? Destroys every yoke. Remove every burden. It's where the ark is. What else does praise do? Praise are the gates through which salvation takes place. A praising church opens the way to being a soul winning church. Amen? Amen. People get saved where God is praised. 
Can we praise Him again in this place? Come on, come on, let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Jesus. Mighty Saviour. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God, we bless you. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can stay standing. My three points of the message, I've not even got to. I've got three points to my message and we've not even got there. You're gonna have to come to, a, to Academy to find out what they are. It's quite simply, the tabernacle of David was led by three guys, Asaph, Juduthan and Heman. I do this as seminars for praise and worship and Asaph means to gather together. Jeduthan means to explode in praise. His name comes from the word Yada. And isn't it interesting that he and his sons were the gatekeepers. The extent of your praise determines what comes into your life. Praise God in your business. You determine what comes into your business. Praise God in your family. You determine what comes into your family. Hallelujah. Gatekeepers. Aren't you glad you've got some authority to keep some stuff out and to bring some other stuff in? Keep out the sickness. Keep out the depression. Keep out the rejection. Keep out the offence. Keep out the mentality of the world. Keep it out. How How do we keep it out? We praise. Hallelujah. We praise. Hallelujah. Asaph gathers, Juduthan puts that hedge around your life. Devil, you're not coming in here. No weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. I'm keeping the gates in my house by being a worshipper, by being a praiser, by being somebody who has a priority of praise in my life. And finally, Heman. Heman means faithful, it means support. He was the personal prophet of David. He was the guy who was alongside King David to make sure that he he was who God had called him to be. You don't see a lot of Heman. You don't hear a lot of him, but he was there with David. Get in words for David. Exalting the ministry of David is what that says. church is an Asaph church gathering together a church is a Jeduthan church exploding in praise keeping the enemy out and bringing in the presence of God and a church is a Heman church which is as we praise God we keep straight as we praise God the ministry the presence the worship the anointing the healings the deliverance the salvation can explode in the ministry Can we give God some praise here again today?